Two career criminals at the top of their game come up with the perfect plan, burglarizing every home in a Chicago suburb where apparently every homeowner goes out of town for Christmas. If they succeed in their string of crimes, they'll retire to the beaches of Zihuantanejo. If they fail, there'll be a few sisters in prison that will be way too happy to wet their bandits. The only thing standing in their way to true freedom is an eight-year-old psychopath who's way too into DIY. And what's this kid doing home by himself anyways? Aren't his parents worried about him? Do they even know he's watching R-rated movies, eating junk food, and going through his big brother's stuff? Guys, let's talk about Home Alone. Look what I have created! I have made fire! I have made fire! I think this is one of the traits of a really good producer. Keep the talent happy. She just killed a helicopter with a car. He's out of bullets. All right, boys, prepare to be dazzled. Break yourself, fool! Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? It's important that we we get together on this thing. If you had some glue, I'm really good at gluing. I could just glue it. Sandbagging, son of a bitch. Y'all ready to bust fast? Lick a license. A lick her license. We've got entirely too many troublemakers here. I am an FBI agent. You look like a blueberry. I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. Do you know who I am? You that silly ass reporter from the Channel 5 News, eh? I'm Mo Green. What are you looking at, butthead? Let's go, let's go. I'm bored, let's go. Welcome back to Five Guys Flicking Around. Today we're talking about Home Alone. Yes, that Home Alone. I actually prefer the I'm Dreaming. Yeah, 1990? Is that what? That's the year? That's insane. Sounds right, right to me. Yeah, somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah. Felt like 89 on this watch. Yeah, uh, definitely. See, I thought it was more like 93. Uh, no? Well, yeah. No. I no. think we should start off with probably the biggest problem in the movie. He's supposed to be nine years old in this movie. And how old is he in real life, Joel? Uh, currently, <laughs> like 40. I don't know. <laughs> no, at the time of filming. Oh, I don't know. Oh, well, that's kind of your thing. He's actually 12 and a half. <laughs> He plays a nine-year-old. Well, I just, I just know because he half. talks about like last year I got like a the, a sweater from my grandma with a bird on it, and like not mm-hmm. when you're in second grade. So he's in third grade, and I looked it up. Third graders are either eight or nine years old usually. That so. is some really quality that's, research. That, that's yeah. some good smut, dude. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's a good smut, bro. But he's yeah. eight or nine years old. This is something that. So you googled and- how old are third graders? <laughs> yep. So where would we be without you? Yep. Yeah. Oh my god. The movie has a lot of stuff that's just confusing that they just should have explained like is he eight or is he nine right yeah, i want was, a definitive and answer. they don't they don't tell you mm-hmm. the crux of my issues with the movie <laughs> are finding out his age so for the for the record uh macaulay culkin was nine when the movie was shot interesting so. about right he was nine yeah. and played a yeah, nine-year-old they did it. so <laughs> don't don't have any issues with that yeah it's just uh, like handling like fire guns and like basically fire, fire guns, guns. <laughs> yeah he's got a, a oh because thrower. they fire Right. Bang! So it's like a fire He's got a gun. BB yeah. gun. Bang! Bang! Why don't we start with first impressions, Kyle? First impressions of Home Alone. Um, so I was talking to my mom today because we were watching it together, and she said that I actually saw this in theaters. Whoa. She was like, "I took you to see this with your cousin when no it came way. out when you were two. Yep, that wow. is yeah. 
something you definitely would not have remembered. So nope. What was, your, what was your takeaway when you yeah. saw it in theaters yeah, t- versus seeing it at home? I remember like really loving the fact that there was colors and sound yeah, yeah. and just like sensory overload. That was fun. Brandon, first impression. Okay, yeah. I just okay. Yeah. So when I, I rewound it because I fell asleep watching it halfway through. <laughs> wow. And I rewound it and I'm like, wait, did I miss the scream? Did I already see the scream? I'm confused. That being said, I didn't realize as a kid that how annoying Kevin is. Like he's an annoying kid. How? What Everything is- he does in the beginning of the movie. And the other thing that I noticed this time around is like watching all of watching Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern get hurt is like not funny to me as an adult. Like it's painful because like I've stepped on nails before and like I've gotten a hit in the head and it sucks. So like did not like that part of the movie. But these are some everything hot takes. else. No, I know it doesn't have quite the pizzazz uh, that Jingle All the Way does. Joel, first impressions. Uh, first impression. This is definitely one of my favorite all-time Christmas movies. Um, I think the Kevin McAllister character is so iconic and. Mainly because I look at him as just, he embodies, like, the the holiday spirit. And that while all this is going on, he just, you know, wants the Christmas tree, wants to, like, be with the family, like, wants to enjoy Christmas and go sledding and this and that. And, like, you know, you also get that aspect of, as a kid, like, yeah, who didn't imagine, like, wow, what if my family was gone and I had the house to myself? That would be so fun. And then you're like, oh, crap, like, it's kind of scary. Like, I'm a little kid and, like... This house is big and like there's like a basement. Um, but yeah, love this movie. Pollard, first impressions. I mean, it doesn't get any more iconic than Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. So my favorite role, my favorite thing to watch is the Joe Pesci role because he's coming off of these hardcore gangster movie backgrounds. And in this movie, he just plays like funny, angry. Like, just like gibberish. He's good at that. Yeah. He's really good at that. So I think that role is some of my favorite parts and most fun to watch. But like we said, Macaulay Culkin carries this whole thing by himself pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love this movie. We've all kind of touched, touched on it. Um, all the things that are great about it. One thing I do love is all the things that come into play later in the movie are introduced early and explained. You're a sucker for that. They do yeah. such a good job of tying all the loose ends early in the movie and making everything somewhat plausible. Obviously, this is a ridiculous concept. Right. But all the the things that happen are tied in and established early on, and I really like that. Even really little things, like they show him shooting the the sports figurines through the laundry laundry chute. And then the laundry chute, Mm -hmm. like you have that sense of space where it's like, oh, I know where this thing is. So when you see the the iron come out of the laundry chute later, you're like, oh, I I know where that is in the house. You see the... Obviously, you see the movie being played that right. he uses later. Like you just see everything that comes into play later, earlier on. You yeah. see uh, the Michael Jordan poster in Buzz's room right. during that scene yes. that he uses. Like, right. there's so much of that. Like, even the mannequins, like in the attic, yeah, all like, the, they're all it's the, incredible. They're in the background, like, they're explicitly explained. They're yeah. all in the movie before in that first used. twenty minutes. Right. And it's a complex yeah. house to explain. So the mm. way that they're able to do it so well is more yeah. challenging than it Three looks. Three floors. Mm. Similar to Mighty Ducks, I watched this movie hundreds of times, probably. Yeah. Mighty and, Ducks uh, or Mighty Ducks 2? Mighty Ducks 2. Yeah, sorry. sorry. I'm so stupid. We begin the movie, and the opening score uh, begins. That's enjoyable. One of the best logos ever in yeah. the yes. opening credits. 
the title with that integrating home, the house. Yeah, yeah, with the house in the text is just a very good title. Really good. So um, that's iconic to begin with, and always like a good feeling when you watch it again. You're like, yes, yeah. Back into Home Alone. Um, we get to meet the entire family, which is. 45 people. Yes. The family <laughs> is hard to figure out. That's exactly what yeah. I was yeah. thinking. I don't know whose kids are whose. Right. I don't know whose I know re- Buzz, blood relatives. The sister and the redheaded brother. Yeah, he's the brother. He's a brother or a cousin. Yeah, because he's no, there. Yeah, no, he's there when they come back at the end of the movie. But they all come back. Yeah. Even though. No, uncle. not. Yeah, yeah, everyone they, comes back. The cousins also. There's come back. actually do more. They? Yeah, there's, yeah, I'm just confused. The cousins who come back. No, they definitely don't. It's only the siblings. He has four siblings. No, There's five of them and the parents. Well, because Uncle Everyone Frank doesn't else, come back. They stay in Paris. They're on vacation. They so don't the, need to go home. The, 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 really? the, the uncle, uncle and aunt yeah. have, there? have the little dweeb. Yes, Fuller. 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 Um, who else? The one like tall one that counts them all. Oh, yeah, the she's older not even right, with right. them. That's yeah. one so, of the persons in Paris no, that they're so, visiting. Yes, she's like okay. my parents live in Paris. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a brother that's it's briefly mentioned, but when she explains to Joe Pesci, who's in the front of the house, so we meet Joe Pesci. Mm-hmm. He's posing as a cop. I've never picked this up in the hundreds of times that I've watched it before that the brother pays for the trip. Yeah. So the biggest question uh, I've always had in the movie is how does the dad pay for this stuff? It's the but in reality, the, she explains very quickly like he transferred to Paris. His kids are still here. I guess he missed the whole family. So, so he got us this trip to okay. Paris for Christmas. That explains a little really more well if staying with mm-hmm. them in Paris. Exactly. And when they get to Paris, he says... Calm down, like we know Kevin's missing, but let's go to my brother's house. He mentions the name. I don't know. Because then they can call us. Then we'll call them. Like we're gonna go to. They're, they're visiting family. Right. I finally understand the movie. Pesci's there. He finds out some information that we get the pizza guy, who shows up with one hundred and twenty dollars worth of pizza. A lot of pizza. Yeah. Um, we get to meet Buzz, who's the jerk older brother of Kevin McAllister, and has a flat top. Ironically, yeah. he does. He calls Kevin a flemwad. Yeah, which is important. Good '90s insult. Um, he's he's really excited about the nude beaches in France. Right. Is he is excited funny. that the French girls don't shave their that's, pits? Yeah, that's I a that's that. a positive thing for I him. I think so. Okay, <laughs> he's disappointed to find out that only some of them don't. Shave yeah, their pits. that's so they they all sit down to a pizza meal. Everyone's trying to pack and figure this stuff out. They and sit we, down for pizza. So Kevin Macaulay Culkin wants a cheese pizza. Buzz is not having it, and he fake pukes. Well, because Kevin asks, he's looking around at all the pizzas. There's tons of pizzas, so you'd think it would be somewhere. And he says, did anybody order me a plain cheese? What an annoying dweeb. Yeah, that's true. So, so he tackles Buzz. So yeah, Buzz is making fun of him. They start to push each other. A sort of brawl breaks out, and uh, all of it is blamed on Kevin. Uh, no, 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 no. For the older brother that was making fun of him or anything. Nothing for that. Just blame it on the nine-year-old. So mom's got to take Kevin upstairs to the attic. Um, and this is where she explains to Pesci real quick sort of the situation. They're leaving in the morning. Um, and she's finally willing to pay the pizza guy. Yeah, he's been waiting a while. That dad, like, he literally just blows him off. Like, yeah. the uncle blows him off. Yeah, and the uncle's like, a oh, cheap skate. But the dad is like having a conversation with them for a minute, and, and it's like, yeah. oh, you guys want some eggnog? I'm going this way." And yeah. It's like you owe money. Yeah. Like what? You're a rich. You're a rich dude. You're like, just, <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, there's a cop and a guy you owe money at your door. You are not like yeah. just 
Like, I'm going to go to the other room. That, <laughs> like, if you what? went to hang out at his place when you were a kid, he'd give you, like, each 20 bucks to go get candy. And yeah. Like, this yeah. is insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, that's his, That's him. And I he's needed so a dollar. not down to pay the pizza guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, if I'm my wife. <laughs> I know you have, like, $1,000 in your wallet and cash. You're one of those guys. <laughs> Kevin, as he's being led upstairs, is crying to his mom like, no one ever listens to me. He's like, I wish you guys all weren't around. Yeah, I don't want to see any of you for the rest of my life. There's a short clip of the bad weather causing a tree to fall over into the power lines. The transformer blows. Another great, just great. This is how there's no phone connection yep. or power. The alarms and again, and how the are alarm disabled. clock doesn't go yeah. off. And the big mess that he causes, like everybody's passports get wet. So right. like that's also explains yeah. why like they're in such a hurry in the beginning mm-hmm. and they have to like get all these things that are Scrambling. not in the correct place. Yeah, and you such get to see setup. there's good setups with the that well in the plane ticket one of them ends up in the trash. Yeah. Uh, but the power line scene was interesting because like as a kid and even on more recent viewings, I always thought this was like the magic scene. This is yeah. like the spooky yeah. part that's just showing you like. Oh, stuff is happening. <laughs> like I never put together that it was mm-hmm. like, oh, th- this is why the phone lines are down. But it does have like, that feeling that this is. Yeah, it does. What, what the, is, John, the John Williams score makes yeah, it that little, that is, you know, yeah. I don't need a family. Lighty. His mm-hmm. wish is coming true. Mm-hmm. In a hypothetical, right? In a way, yeah. So in yeah. a way, it is the magical part. Yeah, I just never saw the like practical part. I guess. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it all, it's always it been magical. Magic. Right. Yeah. They tie some loose ends in the morning when the repairmen tell them like we got the power back, but the, for the phones, it's going to take another few days. So it's like I love that. Okay, the power was out, so the alarm clocks didn't work, mm-hmm. but now they got to bring the power back so Kevin can have power while he's there. Mm-hmm. But they don't want to be able to reach him. We got your power back, but the the phone lines are a mess. It's going to take Ma Bell a couple of days to get it back together, especially. Over the holidays, I like the Ma Bell shout yeah. out. So the one of the older daughters is tasked with counting all the kids, and here's another little piece that sets it up little when she does a head count, boy. and the neighborhood kids there so that she gets a false count of I who they are. It. That kid is so great, just like he's rum- amazing. He's rummaging yeah. through their yeah. stuff like, oh, a camera. Devin <laughs> and I have referenced kids in her class that are like, that's totally the. Do any of these get good gas mileages? <laughs> yeah. Do any of these have four wheel drive? And so he leaves and says, "Have a good trip. Bring me back something French." So good. I yeah. that's a good line. I've used that line many times. Yeah. Um. So everyone's on the way to the airport. When Kevin wakes up, he's convinced that he made his family disappear. After Great editing minutes. in that scene, too, because yeah. you have the quiet moment of him just going, hello, and yeah. then you have the blaringly loud plane engine. He's got such right a good, that. yeah, just woke up look. Yeah, when he yeah, 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 his hair. It's it, was, like, it was like a like late 2000s emo where it's like all spiky and like, yeah. no, I didn't do this. Like, yeah. this is just like, I woke looks. up this way. Yeah, and it's just caked in like Some gel. product that was specifically like spiky, messy look, you know? <laughs> He's smart enough at that age, which I don't think I would at that age to go outside and check the garage for the cars. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a fun play on like they ordered the vans to drive them to the mm-hmm. airport. Yeah, but as a kid. But he didn't know that. But he was smart enough to like go out and say, well, the cars are still here. Yeah. So they didn't leave mm-hmm. without me. Yeah. It's so funny, I must from, have made him disappear. From this point in the movie until the mom shows up, he legitimately thinks his parents and whole family disappeared. <laughs> right, he made them disappear. Like he's yeah. under the, the whole time he's under the presumption that they literally vanished. 
he doesn't right. know about the, the parents. Yeah, when he, story. Yeah. When he just, says, he's like yeah. reminding himself, don't wish anyone else yeah, like, away. For him, this is forever. <laughs> this yeah. is like his Dark new power. Normal. When he sets up the Christmas tree and all the stockings for him, yeah. that's like in memoriam. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like they're gone. Forever. Like he hangs them upside yeah. down. He's like, uh, but one of the things I love about the whole I made my family disappear thing is that they like do the the iconic quotes of him being put down mm-hmm. where it's like you're what the french call and right, right. you little jerk yeah. but they're he's, not he's like pulled. looking back yes. on they're it. not pulled from the movie they yes. re-recorded them right. to be like kevin's exaggerated imagination right. of exactly. how it went and it's like such a it's nice it's a nice touch, touch. I, agree. Oh, I agree it's so good yeah. yeah a little montage of him being excited that no one's around that one of the first things he does when he realizes he has the house to himself is he decides to jump on his parents' bed eating like popcorn. Like we all did, dude. Oh, my Jumping god! Jumping on parents' bed was a great pastime as a kid. It I was just to. like... I'll do it when yeah. I go home. It was like... <laughs> it was like just a forbidden area. Like, you never went into your <laughs> parents' so bedroom. You not your parents' house. <laughs> Goes in his brother's room, older brother's room, and looking through his stuff. Yeah, he finds a picture of Buzz's girlfriend. Woof. Woof. <laughs> Does everyone know the backstory on the girlfriend? I have one Pretty created. Common. Yeah, I have one. Oh no, created. they so they didn't want to use a girl that was to be like, oh, you're an ugly, you know, teenage girl. Sure. So it's some guy in production or something like that who put With on a, a wig. Oh, and just like, so it could cool. be like could, my, my imagined mm-hmm. background of that story is a little bit different. I'm excited to hear about hey. it. But also, like, I like to think I make a good-looking girl. So if that was me and everyone's making fun of me as a girl, we all think that's yeah. disappointing. Girl. <laughs> right. It's like the Dustin Hoffman Tootsie thing. Yeah, he's still shamed for the fact that as or... a girl, he's unattractive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks for nothing, Julie. What's the movie <laughs> called? Julie Newmar? Yeah. No, it's not thanks for nothing. It's it's not. Thanks for Better luck tomorrow, it's Julie Newmar. <laughs> to Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. That's the thing. Also, you know there's a real girl out there somewhere who that does look exactly yeah, like. Right. She's like All through high school is like, you're Damn. Buzz's girlfriend. <laughs> Whoa. But that Buzz's uh, trunk was always a thing that was like, that's awesome. Fireworks. Yeah, I want a trunk like boys. that. Yep. Yeah. Basketball cards. Yep. Toys. Like all that. I Fireworks. Wanted a trunk like that. Yeah. Um, when watching this film, I was so excited about that gangster film. Like, I want to watch that. And I come to find out that it's not a real movie. That right, they filmed right. it for this. And you I'm know like, what I Dang. thought watching it this time? I thought the guy that plays the gangster was Uncle Frank in Prosthetics. Because like they have a very similar voice. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to go along with that, thinking <laughs> that that's what happened. And the other guy was Desi Arnaz. Yeah. <laughs> like, Lucy, Lucy, I'm home. If you're like us, you love watching movies and getting stoned all by yourself. And if you're like us, the more you get stoned, the more paranoid you get about intruders breaking into your house. And that's why we're excited to tell you about Stoned Alone. Stoned Alone is the all-new home survival kit, so you can get stoned alone without having to worry about break-ins. Simply set up our secret security system booby traps around your house, pop in an old movie, and start burning that bud. If anyone does manage to break in, they'll be so tarred, feathered, poked, burned, and concussed that an old man neighbor can easily knock them out with a shovel. Buy Stoned Alone, and we'll leave it on the doorstep and get the hell out of there. Um, the mom's on the plane, and she comes to realize that she forgot. Kevin! Yeah, that's iconic. She has her. There's a lot of iconic screams 
There's, you there's know, Ah, there's Kevin, yeah. there's Ah again. Daniel Stern's scream when he hits the ground in one of the scenes. And Incredible. when he gets the spider on the him. Spider, spider that's the one. The spider one. Spider yeah. scream is insane. <laughs> so, like in a movie of an iconic scream, yes. he honestly one-ups it. Like, <laughs> Daniel Stern has the scream of the movie somehow, <laughs> even though Colkin gets like four tries. Right. <laughs> he puts on aftershave and it burns. Aftershave only burns if you shave first. And cut yourself. And, well, or at least have some sort of razor burn. Mm-hmm. He didn't shave. and Yeah, it's the alcohol getting into the, the cut. Right, yeah, right. But he didn't shave. Yeah. So he doesn't have a reason to scream. Pappas is bad, Wait, but... Nah, no, I'm, there's another one of those. What? Yeah. <laughs> I, I beg to differ. Beg to differ, Pollard. As a young child, before I started shaving, I remember putting aftershave on and... While I admit it doesn't um, like hurt enough to make you scream, it definitely has a bit of like a tingly sensation, similar Let's to all like try it. it's more I of mean, a. Ooh. Well, that's why we have a nine-year-old with us today. Hi, nine-year-old. Put on the aftershave. Okay, here we go. And it's tingly. See, so no scream. Yeah, so I I agree. It doesn't elicit. Shouldn't elicit a scream. Um, I still think, though, for a little child, also, like, Whoa, honestly, like, ah. he slaps himself very hard with it. That it could be the same. slap. <laughs> the impact from him right. being stupid enough to hit Stop himself really yourself. hard. Yeah. <laughs> also, we noted he does it twice. Like, he didn't learn his lesson the first time. Mm-hmm. Come on, dude. Right. Mm-hmm. But again, one of the most iconic scenes in the entire movie. Yeah. Um, and seeing him shirtless, like, what a taut little body. <laughs> yeah, the way for a nine-year-old? We have a, a nine-year-old here for comparison. <laughs> and uh, just... Nine-year-old, take off your shirt. <laughs> okay, but I haven't waked out. That's good smart, man. That's some good I smart like the way man. his hair is combed, too, in those yeah. scenes. And that's where he does he does the little, like, se- he does a lot of self-talk, and I think that's one of the things that's, like, endearing yeah, about him. Yeah, he's crazy. He's, he's gone I crazy. I couldn't find my toothbrush. So Honestly. Pick one up at the store today. I kind of think Kevin McAllister is setting the foundation for, like, what male fashion is today like he's all about self-care and like grooming like mm-hmm. slick t- back hair <laughs> which is very popular okay. now dude he's wearing like cable knit sweaters which are really in right now like jeans tucked in like sh- collared shirt underneath like he looks fashionable the whole damn movie i'm like i would wear that outfit they today. do say that fashion goes in cycles of 20s yeah and i think he, it came around or no. he was like trying so we're again. only like 10 years away from sagging again <laughs> Right? Hell yeah, brother. I'm sagging That's right sick. now. I'm into that. Yeah. It's more because I'm wearing a diaper underneath this, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Potentially. I saw that. Yeah. Interesting. So we, I'm envious. <laughs> so we meet Pesci again, and he's with Daniel Stern, who plays Marv, um, and they're staking out the neighborhood. We talked about them um, knowing when the automatic lights come on. They're basically trying to find out when every family in the neighborhood is leaving for vacation so that they can rob. Seems like they've done a lot of research. Yeah, absolutely. she has. Marv's done zero. Yeah, but he comes up with the wet bandits, so he's Which contributed a lot. Which gets all their past <laughs> things together. Um, yeah. So. But they set up He's the... literally wearing scuba gear while they're yeah. ransacking a place, yeah. like, at one point. What a liability. Yeah, yeah it's it really goofy. Is. They're goofy. They yeah. set up the McAllister joint as sort of the, the grand prize of the street, and um, Kevin's just inside chilling, watching The Grinch. There's a couple other movies that he gets to watch during the film. Uh-huh. It's a Wonderful Life. It makes a an appearance. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and so he wakes up to the robbers walking around. He starts figuring out that these guys are staking out the place. 
Um, and this is also when the family arrives in Paris. She calls the police station, and uh, this guy that answers the phone is uh, eating a donut. That donut always <laughs> looks so good. So oh, yeah. good. That's Pabst. Well, but it, it's it a falls plane. on the phone. Yeah. And yeah. Hanging there and he yeah. It's so shit. flaky and it's soft. So good. And yeah, when it falls on the phone and sticks to yeah. it, they're like, that's the take. Yeah. Oh, right. And then it falls off eventually and he just doesn't care. Those are the, the classic <laughs> flaky Chicago donuts. He also has a, slows for. down his bite. He's like, deep dish donuts. Ah, Joel <laughs> mentioned that when the policeman goes to check on the place that does not do a great job. That scene is so confusing for so, a couple of reasons. Here's what I have a problem with. She's on the phone and she says, we'll send a police officer to check on your son. Literally the next scene is a police officer knocking on the door and Kevin's like underneath the bed, which he just went under like Scared. two seconds ago. Yeah. So like that literally happened within seconds. And then the next scene is Catherine O'Hara walking away from the phone saying, they're going to send a police officer to check on Kevin. Yeah. And it's like, whoa. Like what timeline Time is, a piece is this? Of paper. <laughs> right, fold the paper in half. That but must have been France, what happens. And he's in Chicago. Time difference, dude. That's true. They're in France, <laughs> and I'm in Chicago. <laughs> Sounds like a sequel. <laughs> but I just thought that was like that's that was insane to me watching it this time. So the mom agrees to stay at the airport. She doesn't know if her plan is going to pan out, but she's willing to take every step she can to get closer to home. And that just speaks what to her What a great character. mother. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is I that agree. what you would do? Would you wait for I would probably wait for the next day. <laughs> if I you're if you're going to get a non-stop flight yeah. in 18 hours, yeah. I certainly wouldn't offer people $500 plus my fake Rolex. I yeah. would take and to the give me their tickets, yeah. Yeah, and the earrings. She got a box of them. Dang, dangly ones. That guy <laughs> He's also, also in Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yes. yes. Kevin's still enjoying himself at home alone. Yeah, he is. Just pounding uh, <laughs> yeah. Kevin Sorbo, Kevin. right? If he's uh, like three years older, he's just jacking off constantly <laughs> while he's home alone. He's getting nothing done. Yeah. He, literally, he literally just takes the Playboy out yeah. and just throws it to the side. Yeah. And, um, and this is when the robbers are currently robbing the neighbor's house. And they're so comical. Like, Joe Pesci's just... Under the Christmas tree, looking through a kaleidoscope, like yeah. they're taking their sweet time. They're enjoying they smoke hella herb outside. Dude. <laughs> Kevin uses the cash that he finds to go buy a toothbrush. This kid is responsible. Hell yeah, he is. In the two trips when that Alice... he makes out to like buy stuff, it's always for toothbrushes and milk and mac like, and cheese, laundry detergent, and like. And he brings coupons with him. Dude. He has coupons. I, I don't do that today. Didn't know what coupons were back then. I had to get told to brush my teeth when I was like eight years old. When the robbers leave the neighbor's house, Marv takes the gum out of his mouth and puts it underneath a snow globe and sticks it on the dash of the van. Mm -hmm. That's gross. Um, and this is when they leave Super smart. and they almost run into the kid. And so the kid's starting to see these guys pop Another up. Another good scream. And he knows that they're coming back. And he says to himself, when they come back, I'll be ready. And it was a very clear, like, him running away shot. And it was very clearly voiceover yes. later. Right. They're like, well, let's add this dialogue in to mm -hmm. make it more clear. But he did not say that. That he's not just camera. running away. Test audiences fear. were like, where's he going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like, get let's it. Add a quote. I, but I agree, though, like not having that line and then just cutting directly to like him. <laughs> the with fake all party. The, yeah. With the fake party in the house is like, oh, that's that's a little confusing. 
Yeah, we mentioned the fake party that he sets up so that the robbers are thrown off. It's very sophisticated. Do we yeah. think he was just doing that for like four hours? Yeah, just right. Like, whenever yeah. they come by, they'll see this. Yeah, yeah. There's a My lot of how to do that. <laughs> and also, if the five of us tried to do that, yeah, right now we wouldn't be able to. Pull no, that we'd off. lose energy yeah. after yeah. fifteen minutes. He's like a little jigsaw in the making. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Kevin gets the pizza delivered and uses the queued up gangster movie to make the transaction. Sounds Sounds like a Kevin Can Wait episode. Love it. <laughs> What's that? Is the phone still not working? You're right. No, it wouldn't be because yeah. they would have reached him. How do you order the pizza? That's a very great How question. How do you do that? But like, the phone lines have to be back because his dad left a message on the neighbor's machine. Right, but, but he calls the neighbor's phone. But it's not. But the phone lines are all connected. No, with when the, the one transformer li- blows up, it's very clearly Well, honestly, there's no way that the phone lines would be affected by the transformer blowing up if they restored the power. Course, it didn't show course. any damage to the comm lines. It was like resetting your That's router. That's right. You know? yeah, I you saw, I saw the it, same thing. <laughs> I said those didn't hit the comm lines were good. So what you have is primary up top. That yep, feeds the yep, transformer, yep. which that, feeds the secondary. Taking the words out There's of my mouth. There's easily six foot of clearance between the secondary. We were, and, but um, again, just kind of a dick move on that part. Like, why do the whole gangster thing? Just give them the money. Because get your pizza. Because they do everything in this movie Maybe. twice. And the gunfire thing they use later on Daniel Stern. Sure. Um, so he gets the pizza and he's stoked because it's finally his very it's like the opposite of a Pappas's bad bite. He gets what he's been yeah. waiting for. We get another Kevin Mirror scene where he screams again because that was great. Let's do that again. Hell yeah! His towel is just thing. the biggest towel ever. He they go- don't come in child sizes. <laughs> he goes shopping, has a great exchange with the checkout lady. Are you here all by yourself, ma'am? I'm eight years old. You think I'd be here alone? I don't think so. Where's your mom? My mom's in the car. Where's your father? He's at work. What about your brothers and your sisters? I'm an only child. Where do you live? Uh, I can't tell you that. Why not? Because you're a stranger. When buying the milk and reading the magazine. And I think it's to Kyle's point where, like, he's learning how to mature and be an adult. Are these TV dinners any good? I don't know. I'll give them a whirl. No, absolutely. Um, Back to him being responsible when the robbers show up again. He's doing the dishes. Mm-hmm. I'm probably not doing the dishes for a few days if nope. I'm nine years I, old. I had no idea how to do dishes. He overcomes at nine his years fear old. of the furnace immediately by doing the laundry. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Your yeah. parents have been gone two days. I got plenty of clothes to wear. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, what? He's doing, uh, yeah. But he also is like convinced that they're never coming back. Yeah. yeah. So maybe, yeah. Like, like, I gotta maybe he's like, I gotta start. The picking existential up. dread is creeping yeah. in. <laughs> We didn't really talk about it, but so he he has the fear of the furnace that he he overcomes, but he also has the fear of the neighbor. Just him putting down his the bloody shovel hand murder. somewhere yeah, right. is enough to make him steal Which, a toothbrush. Like, man, you're you couldn't be creepier. That's right. Why not just say hi? <laughs> yeah. Like he literally yeah. just doesn't say well, anything to him. And he puts him. his bloody hand down on the counter. Very in the hard. Toothbrush scene. Yeah. And he just stares at him like, yeah. "That's your chance." Hello. Well, that's what I'm saying. Why not just say like, "Hi, I'm your neighbor. Nice to meet you." No, I'm Josiah or whatever his first name might be. It's clear he has a, a granddaughter. Marley. Yeah. Have a little better. He's had kids. Have a little better rapport right. with a nine-year-old. Yeah. Like, he just he has no idea to how to talk difficult. to this kid. Yeah. We find out. We track down the mom at another airport. We find out that she's gone from Chicago to Paris to Dallas to Scranton. And now she's in Scranton. She's trying to find her last Scranton, ticket. Scranton, Pennsylvania, not too far from Chicago, Illinois. It's true. It's getting there. Yeah. It does look like old Elvis. Yeah, right. Did you yeah. just look it up? Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole like uh, conspiracy theory that that's 
that guy behind her in line is, is Elvis. I, I don't buy it. I'm out. It's just a it's guy. It's not HD, all right? It's, not, it's, <laughs> it's 1990. All you, all you uh, Elvis heads out there already know about this. So she's so. in Scranton, right? So she's in Scranton, and, and she get, hooks up with John Candy. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> she gets connected with him. He offers his polka band. Is, oh, okay. is, is, oh, okay. is renting a van, giving her I a ride on the sex. way. I thought they boned. <laughs> They're going to Milwaukee. It was for sure drop her off. I thought they were oh. standing 69. Milwaukee. She held John Candy upside down. It was, it, was, it, was a, it was a bus While bang. Serviced <laughs> Milwaukee is close to Chicago, by the way. I was in Chicago this summer, and we almost went to Milwaukee. It was only Look at an you, hour Mr. Away. Geography. Ooh, what a the, uh, you know where Scranton is in proximity to Chicago. You know where Milwaukee is in proximity to Chicago. Okay, you know but what part is? of the Midwest is Paris in? That's what I want to Paris, know. Texas. There's okay, Paris, so Texas. Pretty far. Yeah. Yeah. P-E-R-R-I-S. Close to Dallas, Texas, where yeah. she was. She was in Dallas, Texas. Which How do we know they didn't just go to Paris, Texas? <laughs> the French-speaking part of Paris, Texas. <laughs> compétent. Yeah. The robbers. I mean, it would make more sense if her brother got relocated for work than he's true. still in the States. So. I meant Paris, Texas. <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah. Ah! The robbers spot Kevin outside cutting a tree because he's just gonna have Christmas anyway. But there's a really funny continuity between what you see him cut, which is probably like three feet off the top of the tree, and the tree and that ends scene, up. Yeah, yeah, later in the house, it's like Way a bigger. good five feet, yeah. like very full and different. Could have had a big stand and you know, fluffed it up a bit. <laughs> You think they the brought in a fluffer? fluffer. You think he did it himself? <laughs> Thank you. Um, they know he's home alone. They even say the words home alone in that scene. A couple times in the movie. Yeah. I like that. And Kevin overhears that they will be back at night because kids are scared of the dark. Yeah. And apparently so is Daniel Stern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so Kevin find, tracks down yeah. this Santa guy, and he's very mature in his request of this Santa um, and he asks him to find out a way to get his family back. That's his Christmas wish. I want my family back. Yeah. Um, then he wanders into the church, and we get the kids' choir song, A Holy Night. <laughs> Not that one. Yeah, that one. gfe.com to hear the rest uh, while in the church he's just... Aaron's come to tears from that song thanks Aaron you liked it that much no so Kevin wanders into a church and sees the kids singing and um, we also run into the neighbor scary dude old man Marley again and Who this finally is... decides to say hello he finally decides to say hello and Kevin's surprised as we are the viewers that he's not a murderer that he's not a murderer He's not scary at all. He's actually pretty likable. A little troubled. He's like just Mike. Like Kevin. He's like Mike. Yeah. Mike from Maine. Yeah. Oh, he's God. like Maine not Mike. Michael Jordan. He's Mike's main minute. Um, but it's interesting to think about like what is Kevin doing going to this church at this time? Is he just being very introspective? Is he like trying to pray for his family? Is he it's kind of a sad scene. I think he's buying time he's, until nine yeah. o'clock. It reminds me of walking in Memphis a little bit. She said, Tell me are you a Christian child? And I said, Ma'am, I am tonight. Walking in Memphis. 
child. Um, so for one night he is. Yeah. <laughs> but when they have their conversation and they connect, and then later when the church bells ring, in the middle of the kids singing, by the way, which shouldn't happen. There's a great exchange in there too. It's like I think it's kind of a burn from Old Man Marley, where he's like, "You better run off to home where you belong. Mm. Like you don't belong in church. Get the hell out of here, kid." Mm. Kind of a little dig at him. I think he means you don't you don't belong out. Yeah, like out on your own. I no, like I took it as like a as like a you are a heathen. Heathen, you know, oh, you know, okay. you're not baptized, you're yeah. not welcome here. Well, if, if old man if old man Marley is a stalwart in this community's church, why are there also the rumors that he saw of buzz. the bodies and has only, mummies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only because like, of buzz. I feel like those rumors are just among the kids, mm-hmm, and it's are. hard to believe that he would ever hear about them. He says he heard that he knows yeah. the rumors about him. He right. Says a lot which doesn't make sense. Like, him. he would never there's hear There's a lot going rumors. around about me, which is even darker of, like, yeah. there's, like, real... Other shit. Sincere rumors. Maybe it's not the killer <laughs> stuff. Yeah, Maybe there's, it's like, like, he touches He was talking about something completely different. He's a diddler. <laughs> <laughs> so Kevin sets up some traps. We have the Hot Wheels. We have the water on the steps that's going to freeze. Yeah. There's the fire starter that he uses to warm the doorknob. The tar on the back steps. Which is also insane because, like, does he put the tar knowing that he'll have to take off yes. his shoes? Because then he sets then up the nail. Step on the one nail. Yeah, <laughs> that's not all. nails on the whole plank. Right. That's just yeah. a lot one of nail. forethought. No, he's got a lot of forethought. He's got the rope to the treehouse, which is sort of an exit strategy. Um, the pile of feathers with the fan and the the glue or epoxy yep. yeah. that he uses. What weighs more, a the... pile of feathers or a pile of fans? <laughs> it's a trick question. They both weigh the same because a pound is a pound. You said a pile. <laughs> what? Hey, all you 5GFA fans. Boy, are we excited to introduce the first annual Flicky Awards. Go to 5GFAPod.com to vote for your favorite Five Guys Flicking Around moments, segments, and guests. Until the end of 2019, voting will be open, and in early 2020, we will have a special podcast highlighting the nominees, winners, and everyone in between who made this first season of podcasting so magical. So head to 5GFAPod.com now to vote on the Flickies, buy t-shirts, cod pieces, towels, washcloths, and tastefully done lady swimsuits suitable for any and all lady 5GFA fans. You can also talk shit on the 5GFA forum. This is not a joke. 5GFAPod.com. Google it. Yeah. The mac and cheese for me is the Pappas's bad by the yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Because we were, we were it talking looked, about this. It looked you, delicious. And you, he talks about the mac and cheese in a previous scene. So you're, it's already in your mind like he's going yeah. to eat this mac and cheese. Yeah. And then he sits down it looks so good. on a plate. Yeah. Like, when do you eat a frozen meal out of a plate? With, a, with candles. Think, yeah. <laughs> I think when we first discussed this category, this was like something that we had talked about. Yeah. Right? It was like, yeah. it was a Home Alone scene. Like, we were yeah. all just it's like ready to go. It's on par with Angelo Pappas not getting it. Well, Pappas still gets one half bite in. Yeah, he, he gets get all any. bread. That's all bread. Right? No, there's some sauce. No, he's got. There's definitely no, no meatball. No, well, no, no I think meatball. there might be like a fourth yeah. of a meatball, which we talked about was like, it's why do you. It's not No one bites a meatball. So the robbers show up, and this is the scene of the movie that we've all waiting for every time we watch the film starting with the dick shot and we get the bb gun through the doggy door into joe pesci's balls mm-hmm. uh followed by the bb gun into daniel stern's face it's just great, great. i'd rather be i'd rather be daniel stern <laughs> in that situation harry goes yeah. around the front and slips on those steps marv goes around the back also slips on steps 
Which I gotta say, these steps, they they fall hard. They both get concussions from this. And honestly, they both gotta be like, all right, I'm out. This is like, we're leaving. Pesci falls like five times. Yeah, Yeah. their tailbones are bruised easily, maybe fractured. His head gets lit on fire. (laughs) Harry burns his hand on the doorknob. Uh, Marv does the whole tar thing with the nail. That's rough. Like when the shot of the foot going into the nail, it's like a good inch. Yeah, the nail of- and the iron to the face are the two most painful looking ones. Not the gun and the dick. I don't agree. Gun no. And the dick. No, the head burn, the blowtorch. When he yeah. goes in, that full. doesn't seem immediate pain. That seems like, oh shit, and then it's out, and then no. afterwards. The beanie the is direct glued to iron his head. To the face. It looks fucked. Dude, his yeah. head, the blowtorch to the head, and then he puts his head into the uh, snow. That and was Kenny like, and Doso who did that movie. I would rather have a tiny hole in my foot and, like, an yeah. iron in the face than, like, a fucked up, deformed hand and, like, head the rest That's of cool. He's life. got the scar in the sequel. <laughs> yeah, and it says M, M for yeah. McAllister yeah. slash money because that's six, what he was trying yeah. to grab. That's a six scar. Yeah. The iron in the face is great Scar's because of the God. print that right. ends up on his face. You can tell for the second movie, they're like, that was great. We need to do that more because when we do the bricks, he gets like four or five in. Suck brick, kid! Yeah, and that's we my can favorite all quote. Agree. Oh. Uh, no, that's what I was going to say. The second one, suck brick, kid. Yeah, yeah, that, but also the brick that's like 60 feet up hurts more than all, anything <laughs> yeah, in the first movie. <laughs> down. Like, that he is your drop dead. It. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he throws that. Well, yeah, in the force. second one, Pesci's yeah. head, he sticks in the in the toilet bowl with yeah. spider fluid or something. Well, yeah. And Pesci and never explosions up. happens. Yeah. It's like that. You Pesci died. in the second one never gets hit with a brick. It's all uh, Harry yes. or Marv, Marv. It's Marv. all Marv. He gets hit with like three of them. Pesci's just like ducking and like getting mm. out of the way for all of them. Yeah. yeah. Should, we, should we pivot? Should Home we? Too? Yeah. So, yeah. so the right. bird lady. Yeah, the bird lady. <laughs> and it's the turtle doves. Two turtle doves. Two turtle doves. <laughs> we get the flamethrower. We get the glue and the feathers. We get the bulbs and the ornaments that uh, oh, Marv steps ornaments. on. They meet at the stairs and Kevin's up top and he's cocky. Of course, he's got the paint cans ready. And he calls the cops at this point. But he's smart because he calls the cops and reports a robbery at the neighbor's house. What? Because he's going to plan on his getaway. He's going right. to go he's to got the it neighbor's all house. planned out. Couple questions here. Okay. Couple questions here. First of all, why don't the thieves just go and steal stuff from the house like they planned? Like they're already inside. Because the kid, like, they need to tie up the kid or stop him. In. Why? And yeah. Why? Pride, the kid's been sticking it to You're him. right. They have the whole first floor to get. Yeah, exactly. They just let him run away and they go, okay, let's just take this shit and live like kings for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, second thing, like, why doesn't he call the cops ahead of time? Yeah, their objective should be, let's not get caught. Right. you think. <laughs> but again, with the whole wet bandits thing, that's not really their... That's not really their MO. Well, he should have definitely called the cops ahead of time. Also, he leaves the church with old man Marley right before he's going to do this. Maybe bring that guy with you? I mean, would have been the same result. He knows for at least the whole day that they're going to show up. He's going to learn to do this on his own. He's alone now forever. (laughs) Come on, man. He is is home alone. Being a heathen, Marley wouldn't have gone with him. Not at all. You're on your own. You need to find God. Yeah, good good luck. Um, He's got a trip rope set up upstairs on their way to the attic. That's the laziest part. And they fall over, and he gets the spider on Marv's face. Harry, help me! Get up! I got him! (laughs) 
So Marv screams. That's that <laughs> is the oh. we'll put so it, funny. We'll put it in. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> the spider gets on Harry, and Marv brings up the crowbar. Doesn't think twice about going full force on him. He's br- he breaks a couple ribs. Definitely. Yeah, no, for sure. It's full swing into yeah. his rib cage. This is one of three scenes in the movie that makes me laugh every time. Is just <laughs> Joe Pesci being like, "What are you doing, Marv?" Like looking at him, like not knowing the context of the situation, yeah. and just getting beaten with a crowbar so hard. Like, this it, is the double cross oh, I've been waiting for. Like, he gets out on the rope to the treehouse, and they follow. Which yeah. maybe at this point you realize that you shouldn't. They decide also, to go on the rope. Bring a gun. If you're if you're gonna be burglars, <laughs> like bring this. a gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, and he cuts the rope while they're midway through, causing them to fall as well. A lot of physical comedy. Yeah. I didn't get that. He and runs. Then, they ahead. finally do something smart, and they go around the back, and they cut him off, and they catch him in the house. Yeah, they kind of corner him. But again, like, why don't they just return to their original score and s- rob the house? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because at that point, then Kevin's plan to call the cops in the neighbor's house will not pan out. They'll be able to see him and get away. And they'll have all of his stuff. Right. Um, but when they're when he's cornered and they put him up on the door, um, old man Marley shows up with the shovel. Another Pappas' is bad bite, though, well, as, Aaron, as Aaron mentioned. You know, something that was used earlier in the film that they show later. You know, the shovel. But No, but uh, Pesci never gets to bite off his finger. <laughs> we never see him. Never seen him bite off the finger like he threatens to do. How sad. Kevin wakes up the next day, and this is right when we finally see Mom pull up in the polka van. They don't show John Candy as like a little farewell. They kiss in the van before she gets out. <laughs> they cut, that's a deleted Not scene. Not on the lips. Yeah. Like he wasn't there on that they shooting private day. parts. Yeah. They like didn't get to the shot of yeah. him saying goodbye. So they filmed it and were like, well, we just don't I have John Candy. talking about his kid that got left at the funeral home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the most impressive things in the movie is how quickly this kid cleans up the place after Except all of this. Except for man, Buzz's room. Except for Buzz's room. That sucks. That's for him. purposeful. Um, so mom shows up, she apologizes, they hug. Kevin realizes that he is in fact not wished away his entire family. <laughs> yeah, and He's that not they're the still kid alive. from the Twilight Zone. That's emotional. So he doesn't really have any room in his heart, I don't think, to be mad at her for forgetting him at this point. No. No. Because he's too stoked that they're uh, still well, I don't real. think he knows that they left him. Well, right. she apologizes. Like at that point, he's still like, I made them disappear, and now they're back. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like he doesn't have a real explanation. He, 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 no, the explanation is Santa. He went oh, and told him. You're right. That's the magic. I think, yeah. No, though. I think I think he goes to Santa and then he doubles down on his bet, getting yeah. insurance with Jesus at the church. Mm. I think is what it is. That's there what it is. It reinforces it. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's what Christmas is all about: asking for things. Insurance. And um, then everyone else shows up within five minutes of her getting there. Yeah. And that's when it's like, maybe she should have just waited. How'd for you guys get here so fast? I was Absolutely. Says, well, we took that original fight. Remember the one you didn't want to take and. Has, also, did anybody notice at the end that like everybody's there and they're like, "Oh, Kevin, we're so happy to see you," and then they literally just all go off in it's their own separate dispersal. directions and like, yeah. they're just like, "All right, let me go unpack right. my suitcase." But uh, to be fair, fine. like 
I'd do the same thing. I'd be like, oh, we're worried about him. He's probably fine. And also, we just did, like, 72 hours to Paris and back. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm fucking exhausted. <laughs> like, well, and they canceled their Paris trip, <laughs> or they didn't <laughs> yeah. get the trip that they yeah. had planned. I thought but I was doing two weeks it. for yeah. Christmas in Paris. But as Kyle mentioned earlier, it's super heartwarming ending, and we get a couple loose ends tied up with old man Marley next door. Kevin had encouraged him to reconnect with his son, um, that was That's an estranged a a, relationship. Yeah, the, the wave. You know, the just yeah. At the end, when the he's the hugging sing, the daughter, the wave, wave. Oh, yeah, it hugging works. the granddaughter. Jesus. Yeah, oh, I never. That always confused me at the end too, because like I didn't realize as a kid that he was holding the granddaughter <laughs> up in his arms. So I thought it was just a tall woman, <laughs> and I didn't know it's who it was. Yeah, no. The last thing we hear is Buzz in his room. Kevin, what did you do to my room? <gasps> but before that, there's a sweet moment with Buzz. He says something to Kevin. He's like, like impressed. Eh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you didn't burn the place down or something yeah. like that. Like it was endearing coming from Buzz. Yeah. Little does he know, his Playboy is fucked. His tarantulas maybe dead. <laughs> yeah. All his, his room's broken. destroyed. Firecrackers yeah. are gone. Yeah. Cash is missing. Yeah. His whole <laughs> snuff uh, chest is totally. Yeah. You get the cashed. feeling it's probably a thing where he can't bring it up to the parents because they probably <laughs> no, don't know he has all that stuff. Shit. He, yeah. You can't be like, look at what there's he did. No. There's no remedy for this. Right. Right. Mom, Dad, Kevin stole yeah. my weed. <laughs> are you tired of dry burritos? Burritos that taste like sand in your mouth, make you want to throw up, use a tongue scraper, and never eat a burrito again? Well, Wet Banditos has got you covered. That's right, Wet Banditos. Our burritos are swimming in liters of enchilada sauce. I mean, you could drink these burritos through a straw. That's how wet they are. And with our new low prices, it'll feel like you're shoplifting. Jimmy, stop that boy. Jimmy, feed that boy. Wet Banditos, the only burritos approved by the American Dental Association. Are they approved by the American Dental Association? I, I, I don't know. He said they're approved by the American Dental Association. I mean, how could anybody Seems know like that? a weird thing for them how to approve this burrito this? place. Let's jump into categories. Why don't we start with the best scene I saw? Pollard? What was the best scene you saw? I don't have an entry for this category. The entire movie is amazing. And I so for me to pick one would be discounting the others. So I'm just going to not participate in this round. Thanks, Amen. He's abstaining. Um, there's so many good scenes like Pollard, but I still tried to fill the category. Oh, you tried to do your job. Yeah. Oh, okay, so cool. I went with the pizza guy and the Daniel Stern movie clips when he's playing it. Um, oh, okay. All the scenes are memorable in this movie, but those ones stand out as being particularly funny. It's even funnier finding out that they made that movie for this. Yeah. Uh, so the timing of it, I mean, that's pretty improbable to be able to pull that off. But great scenes. I love those. Keep the change, you filthy animal, is probably... The most quoted line from this for movie. Sure. Most yeah. iconic. Most iconic. And again, like Aaron mentioned, like as a side project for the filmmakers, they're stoked on that. Quoted. Yeah, the quote the from the other movie yeah. became the, the signature quote of the movie. Um, yeah. the, the movie in the movie yeah. is that the has most the quotable line. Quote. Yes. <laughs> Kyle. Um, like Pollard, every scene's amazing. It's really hard to pick one. But I still did my fucking job. Yeah. I showed up. I have an entry. Yeah, Paul, you're not getting paid this week. <laughs> um, but no, it's obvious, but I went with the ending part because mm -hmm. one of my favorite parts of the whole movie is when Daniel Stern steps on the ornaments and Joe Pesci walks through the, what's it called, epoxy? 
and yeah, I think uh, it's a the feathers. Thing. Yeah. And it's Morph! Harry? Where the hell did you take your shoes off? Why the hell are you dressed like a chicken? That line <laughs> always kills me. Yeah. And then you get the, the climax, which is very rewarding, I think, and like emotional. So you definitely enjoyed it. The last twenty oh. minutes. The climax of the movie is incredible. They do a satisfying. good job. A they they do a good job climax. of like adding to the character with each gag so that in the future scenes you see a remnant of that gag. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the iron in the face leaves the imprint on his face, the burn of Pesci's head, like barefoot, it remains for yeah, the rest of the, the feathers that become attached to him throughout the re like. They just keep equipping themselves with like more wardrobe as it goes and, on. And going back to his master plan, Devin, I was watching it with her for a minute today. Maybe you were gonna touch on this, Brandon, but she was like, "This ornament scene only works because he's barefoot from the tar. Like, yes. if he's got shoes on, this Again, is yeah. not a he's good." He's got crazy <laughs> forethought. No, yeah, he planned yeah, that. That was insane. all planned. There's that funny a Family Guy clip of funny of, funny how of home alone <laughs> with competent robbers mm. where they just walk in and he's like oh i almost stepped on those but i just <laughs> i just stepped over them and they shoot yeah. the kid and it's yeah, like, yeah it's pretty funny stop the pod right now go to youtube <laughs> best i don't know 30 seconds unless of your you're life. driving then don't unless you're driving that. if you're driving either pull over or wait until you get home or here we'll <laughs> help you out siri Go to YouTube of Home Alone Family Guy. Okay, Google. For all my Google fans. Oh. Your, your Google just <laughs> activated. It. There it is. That's how it works. Nobody's listening to us right now. <laughs> except for everyone has an iPhone except for you, Kyle. So hey, the well, Google thing won't Mr. work. Mr. Green. Brandon. Best scene you saw. I also did my fucking job. And, uh, you can do my job. <laughs> I like the opening. I love I love a movie where you're dropped off in the middle of the action. You learn a, every character has little moments in the opening uh, that ch show you just enough about them. We know Fuller wets the bed. We know Fuller. Uncle Frank is a cheapskate. <laughs> nice. We know Kevin complains about everything, and his mom is just barely keeping it together. Um, it's great. You have the whole gag with Joe Pesci where it's like, your parents home? No. Are your parents home? Yes. But they don't live here. Mm -hmm. And then just like that, the culminating in the very end where he's like, are you the Mr. McAllister? you the Mr. McAllister who lives here? No. I just, yeah, exactly. I love, like, I just love the, all the little moments in that opening scene mm -hmm. up until, uh, Kevin has his magic wish and the magic wind blows yeah. everything down. It's yeah. a tricky um, scene to pull off because there's a way yeah. where it's just like, I don't know who any of these people are. I don't yeah. know yeah. what's going makes on. Sense, but it, somehow yeah. it all makes sense. It's very and chaotic. It's all, yeah. It ties it's well with everything. the waking up late scene, and it's one of the only times I know in movie history where sped up footage of people running around is actually used well for the plot. Yeah. Like and most of the time it's the like, music well, that too. doesn't look good. Yeah, it syncs perfectly with the music But with too. the music mm -hmm. and in the chaotic nature of the whole scene yep. like it actually works pretty yeah well. exactly again i i uh i know i know every scene of this movie i don't know when all the scenes happened even still after watching it uh but that opening scene always makes me excited for everything that's gonna come yeah after. it did yeah. <laughs> joel best scene you saw uh best scene i saw is the toothbrush scene with the sled excuse me do you know if this toothbrush is approved by the american dental association uh, let, let me see here. Um, uh, yeah, you know, it doesn't say. Could you find out, please? Uh, yeah. Let me see. Uh, do you know if this is approved? Oh, oh I don't know. 
how am I supposed to know? I don't know. Just, just tell him what it is. And then he starts to back away. Oh, son, you have to pay for that here. Jimmy, stop that boy. Shoplifter. So he's going, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he slides all the way through and like the fat cop like slips and runs into people. And so he gets away. Love that's, that scene. That's literally the entire scene. Yeah, that was performed. It. Just play the clip. If you go to youtube.com backslash 5GFA, we sent Joel on location to recreate that scene, and you won't believe what we found out. See how it all shook out. There was a clear... There was a clear shot in that scene when Macaulay Culkin is sliding on the ice where you could tell that he smiles and is having a really good time, and it was not in character. Like, he was sliding. I'm doing something called breaking. (laughs) He loved it. (laughs) Yeah, he was just sliding, and, like, you could tell he, as an actor, was just, like, having fun, and they kept it. That's great. Let's move on to how do you do that? How do you do what you do to me? I'm feeling blue. Wish I knew how you do it to me, but I haven't a clue. Kyle. How do you do that? Uh, I was going to do a whole RP, Professor P breakdown of the price, but I'm just going to tell you that the calculations I came up with was $111,000 vacation, which, that how sounds, are they that's paying not for that? Right. Yeah, that I have one from right. online that's less. Um, the important thing <laughs> is that when you carry the 311 from the cost, that inflation is built into that calculation. That's so what it's makes not, it absolute. So yeah, you're not supposed to calculate inflation if you use absolute 311. And that's that's it's the issue still, we were It's having. still a hard thing to wrap my head around. As much as you've explained three absolute 311. Okay, so hard think about it this way: when it is 4:20 p.m. Right. And it's 3:11 p.m. Yeah. Those are 69 minutes apart. Whoa! Can you believe it? I can't. That's absolute three eleven. How did he do that right <laughs> now? Is what I want to know. Man, I think feel like I'm understanding it a little bit more, but You'll I'm not it. all the way there. Oh, my and then gosh. times it by four, and then do it all wrong, okay. and then you get my number. <laughs> yeah. So the tickets cost four hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Brandon, how do you do that? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> yeah. What category are we are? Uh, mine is is not so much a how did he do that as a why did he why did he do that? Well, that's Whoa, not the and then it's not show up and do your damn job. <laughs> and, then, and then a double switch. It's not a why did he do that so much as a why did they do that? Okay. Interesting. Well, so we'll now I think we're getting a little too far away from the category. But uh, why did Harry and Marv waste all their time on the McAllister's house? Like they literally had the entire neighborhood that they could have nice just hit. They could have just hit the entire yeah. neighborhood and left. And they decide to spend like two days. Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna check out the McAllister's house, and then we're gonna stay here for a little. We're gonna like sleep in the van, yeah. and then we'll go back and hit it. And then they don't even care about getting anything in the house after that. It's just about their pride at also, that point. Also, they, they mention when they're staking it out, like, what they're going to find or what they think they're going to find. Yeah. And jewelry. they mention jewelry. VCRs. But, yeah, they're like, yeah. there's probably some VCRs, and they're like, well, that's dated. Ugh. Dude, the biggest thing they mentioned that, like, confused the shit out of me is... The silver tuna. No. Odd marketable securities. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? Do they mention that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Joe Pesci, the last <laughs> odd marketable securities. What and I'm is like, that? what is that? Like bonds? That's insane. Sure. 
I guess. It's probably like Bonds. I don't know, but I don't get the impression that Joe Pesci knows what it is. He's just trying to sound smart to Harry or whatever. Yeah, well, we don't know if Mr. McAllister has a real job, so he's probably into some shady stuff. And what a time to be alive where the shares were just literally like, now I have the shares because I'm (laughs) holding on to them. (laughs) They're a little bit more abstract No, no bookkeeping going on. marketable securities. I was so thrown for a loop. Hey, Siri, what are odd marketable (laughs) securities? Let's see. What are Well, Siri came back with, hey, Siri, what are all my berries? Joel, how'd he do that? Uh, my how'd he do that is from the beginning of the movie when this random how'd cop... how they make the Home Alone logo look <laughs> When this random cop is just standing inside these people's house, and, you know, I can understand all the chaos people going by, but the different people he stops to talk to, like, hi, do you live here? No. Goodbye. My how do you do that? How did old man Marley not put a stop to the rumors going around about him? <laughs> like, he seems like a good guy. He goes to church to see his granddaughter. He salts the sidewalk for everyone in the community. He knows these stories are going on about him. He's being slandered. Yeah, why <laughs> put Bubble, a stop yeah. to him? Be like, look, I don't diddle kids. I, I just <laughs> wish I somebody would open up the libel laws in this country yes. and just really, you know, allow people to go to town. He knows what's going on. Yeah. Just put a stop to it, man. Let's move on to That Had to Hurt. Hurt so good. Come on, baby, make it hurt so good. Kyle, That Had to Hurt. That <laughs> Had to Hurt. That Had to Hurt being Old Man Marley. Yeah. Uh, you're the neighborhood boogeyman, and we find out that you are well aware of that fact. Um, your perceived hobby, like Aaron said, is salting the sidewalk at night. That's got to hurt. <laughs> Uh, you're allowed to see your granddaughter in church, but I get the impression that it's more a, you know, don't touch, just look situation where it's like, you can watch her sing, but you certainly can't give your granddaughter a hug or talk to her about what her life is yeah, like. Because the rumors in the community are he doesn't <laughs> yeah. know the boundaries between touching and looking. You're a diddler. Does the granddaughter even know that he's her grandfather? Like, maybe not. That because had to hurt. if their grudge goes back more than nine, ten years... That might be not, you know, she might not even know. Isn't there a quick shot of, like, the camera looking at her and then her looking back at him? She does look out to them, towards them. In the general audience. Yeah, but it's not, like, a knowing look. To everyone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a weird situation. Sorry to interrupt. No, I They're singing in the choir, like, facing each other. I'm not that familiar with, like, Catholic choirs, but they're, like... you you will be. You can't really see... The kids very well. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going there to watch yeah. them sing, you're not getting a great show. You're hearing it really well. Right. Uh, you're going to hear them. Sing. I also, guess so. I guess an acoustic decision probably. Children are to be heard, not seen. Is this some sort of rehearsal? Also. Yeah. It, it doesn't look be. like the main gig. No. Yeah. There's like six people scattered. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I think it's a Christmas Eve. It looks mass. like a poorly it's like the attended. Biggest one of the year. <laughs> <laughs> like in theory, you know, it's the night before Christmas, right. but no one showed up. Also, yeah. if this is happening and and then we think the church bells were 8 p.m. He patches things up with his son mm-hmm. in the next 12 hours yeah, where right. they come over to the house. Oh, my God. Like that's a very quick, like, I'm sorry for not speaking for 10 years. That's... Why don't you come over tomorrow? And it was probably after he hit both of the robbers in the face with his shovel. Oh, yeah, so yeah. around 11 or something. Eventful night. <laughs> yeah. So that was the end of my that had to hurt is – you're taking life advice from an eight-year-old at church by yourself? All it took was that nine-year-old. All it took was the nine-year-old being like, hey, maybe you should call your son. And that whole argument, you buried the hatchet. Yeah. You
you missed out on years of like life they and wipe fun. Wipe the slate clean. Yes, yes, exactly. Bury uh, so, some ceremonial hatchet. Exactly. So the whole be an old man Marley, the whole movie had to hurt. Yes. Brandon, that had to hurt. So this is where I go into my Buzz's uh, background. No, it's like Buzz's <laughs> girlfriend fan fiction, basically. Um, so, so, yeah, here we go. I'll so Buzz keeping Pollard. the <laughs> Buzz keeping the picture of his girlfriend had to hurt. Uh, my guess is that Buzz took a bunch of pictures of his girlfriend, uh, found the ugliest one, and decided to frame it because it pissed her off so much. Uh, and it's not a picture he looks at fondly because he loves his girlfriend. But he keeps fondingly. It. Yeah, fondling, fondlingly. Fondlingly. <laughs> no, he, he keeps it because she looks horrendous and it makes him laugh. So just like he's a dick to his girlfriend and that's why he that keeps that picture. It seems on brand for Buzz. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's honestly, it's not good smut. That's he's got not, a playboy. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's there to laugh at, not to jerk. That is my home alone. To that <laughs> Get your smut right. Yeah, yeah he knows yeah. how to be a bully. And so yeah. when he likes a girl in school, he's just really mean to her. Exactly. Yeah. To and Aaron's, that's how he it's called it. nagging. To yeah. Aaron's point, you do see the sandpaper on the back of the picture frame. So you know he's probably flusterbating. Dog, <laughs> sandpaper, whatever. <laughs> Joel, that had to hurt. This is a Christmas movie, right? <laughs> uh, my that had to hurt is the blowtorch to Joe Pesci's head. Your head is on fire. That is going to hurt. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, when I'm he out. when he dives into the snow with his head, they do a great job with the sound of it sizzling. Mm-hmm. But also, like his relief that he gets from the snow is like that's not genuine. Real life. No, no, it's it, third degree. No, burns. in real life, yeah. like there's no, it, there's not any like subsiding He's skin grafts. Oh yeah. yeah, of any pain. He's struggling for a while. And what made that even more have to hurt is like he was already kind of balding, so it's like he was hanging on to like a little bit of hair. He was like, all right, well, at least I got this left, and that nope, uh, it's gone. My that had to hurt was when John Candy's kid was left at the funeral home. The kid didn't speak for months, so that had to hurt. He's yeah. just being left with a corpse. Yep. Uh, it had to hurt John Candy and his family because this kid didn't speak because they left him at a funeral home. Mm-hmm. It had to hurt Catherine O'Hara because she's hearing this story thinking about, oh, no, my kid's going to be fucked up forever now. Yep. So it had to hurt all over that place hearing that story. It's all a, over. It's a lot of hurt. And tell me, have you ever gone on vacation and left your child home? No. No. But I did leave one at a funeral parlor once. Yeah, it was, uh, it was terrible, too. You know, I was all distraught and everything, you know, the wife and I. We left the, the little tyke there in the funeral parlor all day. All day. You know, when we went back at night when, you know, when we came to our senses. And there he was. Apparently, he was there alone all day with a corpse. <sighs> now, he was okay, you know, after six, seven weeks. And I came around and started talking again. But he's okay. You know, they get over it. Kids are resilient like that. Let's move on to who organizes the reunion. It's so nice. Uh, Pollard, who organizes the reunion? I think Fuller organizes the reunion. My man. Old Piss Pants Fuller? Old Piss Pants Fuller. This kid. Big bladder? Yeah. The big bladder. Look at the big bladder on Fuller. (laughs) This kid becomes the sort of disrespected and looked over one in the family after everyone becomes super sensitive to being nice and making sure to include Kevin and everything. Um, so Fuller kind of snaps because he just, I just feel he's capable of that. He's seeking attention and no one's giving it, but he just snaps and takes it too far one day. 
So in order to get the attention of his family again, he tries to set up a similar thing that Kevin went through in order to earn their love. <laughs> I like that a lot. So when they're all over at the house again for another holiday that year, he tips some local burglars as to when <laughs> everyone is going to be asleep. Uh, and he leaves the door unlocked so that they can break in. His plan is to outsmart the intruders and save the day for everyone. But instead, the intruders come packing <laughs> and, and Fuller dies as he sneaks up and startles them. No one else gets hurt. The bad guys flee right away. And so the reunion really is Fuller's funeral. It's called oh. Fuller's Funeral. He's Fredo. I love that. Actually, love it's it. not called Fuller's Funeral because that would give it away. Yeah. But it is Fuller's Funeral. Fuller's Final Stand. <laughs> <laughs> this is my house. I have. Yeah, there's a scene where he tries to pee them to death. <laughs> and then he just gets wasted. <laughs> just clock him in the face. <laughs> like, <it's> just... <laughs> Everyone just hears a gunshot. It's like, what? Yeah. And it's just Fuller's dead. Number one with a bullet. Oh, they brought a gun. They were smart. Okay, I gotta He's tip like, your cap did, to the. How did Kevin Bruce. do it? How did Kevin earn yeah. the spot of love in the family? I think John Candy tries to organize the reunion. You know, he seems like yeah. he'd call her and be like, "Hey, like, let's I'm in town. Let's meet up." Or like, I'm on my way to Sheboygan. I can pick you up. Something like that. And she's not having it because she's weirded out by him. And also, as we no all one, are. Also, so, no one likes polka music. Brandon, uh, who organizes the reunion? Uh. I don't see why it wouldn't be old man Marley. He saved Kevin's life. He died the, that Christmas the, day. Well, from happiness? <laughs> he uh, died? He got hit by a bus, a no. city bus. The family recouped a lot no. in the lawsuit. Yep. Aaron's been writing a lot of fanfic lot for of this. Fanfic. No. Me too. Mine, mine, mine is crossover. all buzz related, though. No, but it's it's got to be old man Marley. He saves Kevin's life, and like he knows the McAllisters are loaded. So I'm thinking whenever he needs you know, you know some new shingles on the roof or whatever, it's like, hey, let's get together and talk about that time that I uh, saved your son's life. By the way, you know, I could use a little bit more tar on my shingles. Yeah. I got a kidney that needs to be replaced, whatever it might Does be. Does he, though? He just hits go, them up. Get away, diddler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go home. Does he? like, damn, I just saved this, this kid's life. I, don't I can't get any response. He doesn't get past the, 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 the stigma. The he cops are showing it. up like two minutes later. I don't know if he's like should be credited with saving the son's life. I mean, They're, he clearly did. They were going to bite his fingers off. Yeah, so he saves the kid's fingers. But if the cops <laughs> didn't show up, <laughs> would he have diddled her? Chicken or the egg. Yeah. Classic. Now, do we think Kevin tells his family about the whole events that happen? No. Because I don't think he does. Not the whole events, for sure. <laughs> no. Not the whole events. He leaves the whole events out. He doesn't capitalize on the whole events. That, that's, that's... that's a little too close to the butthole. Yeah. It's a little... Yeah. Speaking of speaking of buttholes, you know, the clutch alert. award. Yeah, for all of our viewers, this is the one that they're gonna click on and be like, "This one's probably pretty family friendly." <laughs> <laughs> they did Home Alone, like that's cool. He did him in his Home Alone. <laughs> oh god, that's filthy. That's some good smut, bro. Let's move on to the clutch award. Baby, you are so money, and you don't even know it. Pollard. My Clutch Award, we talked about a bunch, but Mr. McAllister's brother for financing this trip to Paris. <laughs> the $300,000 so, trip. Yeah, some of us... Half got, a million, I think. <laughs> some of us had some different numbers on the expenses for this trip, but that's Clutch. Yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, the kid, the neighbor kid. Talked about it. It's hilarious, his whole uh, shtick. 
And he's the reason they they mistake him for Kevin. He's one of the so, reasons, yeah. You don't clutch, because he sets up the whole plot, and he's hilarious. And you don't think there's one family member who's like, where's Kevin? Yeah. Like, how long is the commute to the airport where everyone's like, Kevin's Kevin? not in this van? Or it's always <laughs> like the, the four kids that know. are that age always sit together, right? and they would notice. Like, there's only three Fuller would notice. Yeah, Fuller would know. Because he idolizes Kevin. <laughs> Kyle, clutch award. Um, I got John Candy. Brandon, crutch award. The crutch award goes to... Uh, no, I'm going with Church. Church wins the clutch award because that's where uh, Kevin gets more in touch with his personal savior, old man Marley, the diddler. Also, the church supplies the blanket and staff for him to hide in the nativity. It's church. It's also one of the four places that's in the movie. Yep, so. house, grocery home, store, store, grocery store, church. Airport, airport, yeah. church. Airport. Uh, the van. The convenience <laughs> store. The convenience store. Other airport. The outside. Yeah. Outside, inside. Neighbor's house. Neighbor's house. Tree house. Attic. Murphy's house. So yeah. it's in the movie. The Plaza yeah. Hotel. The Bird Ladies. Yeah. Yeah, the Bird Ladies. Plaza Hotel The Bird Ladies. The, the, the Symphony. <laughs> no, Plaza Hotel is the second one. What? Oh. Yeah, with Tim Curry and Donald Trump. <laughs> and Rob Schneider. <laughs> the Three Amigos. <laughs> Joel, Clutch Award. I'm going with the music soundtrack of the movie. Hey. Yes. I think the music just escalates the scenes and sets the mood so well, pulls Escalate. at the heartstrings. Uh, there's just so many different times throughout the movie that the music just comes in clutch. Let's move on to quotes. Get down on your knees and tell me you love me. Bullard, what's your favorite quotes? My favorite quote in the movie is when the family gets to the apartment in Paris and Buzz isn't worried at all about Kevin. For three reasons, he says, A, I'm not that lucky, two, we have smoke detectors, and D, we live in the most boring street in the United States of America where nothing ever happens. Great. And Buzz is amazing. I hate how he doesn't go one, two, three, or ABC. That's the best part of the It bothered me so much. Like, my OCD, I was like, oh, this is so fucking stupid. That's the best part. It's very on brand for him. More like Joel CD. <laughs> Brandon quotes. I'm just gonna do one, and this is one that I wrote down because I did not understand it at all as a kid. This is a distraction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's where Buzz is talking to his his cousin, I guess, and Kevin talking about old man Marley, and they say he walks up and down the streets every night, salting the sidewalks. Maybe he's just trying to be nice. And as a kid growing up in Southern California, I'm like, what the fuck is he doing putting salt on the sidewalks? Like, And like, how is that a nice thing to do? Like, I don't get yeah, that at all. Yeah, it sounds like something a schizophrenic person would do. Yeah, like, I, I gotta a, put ice on the street. As a kid, I had no idea what that meant. Uh, so that's one of my favorite quotes. But then you did research and you found out what? That salt cost $10,000 back in 1990. Yeah. If you adjust for just like 90000 now. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. So like old man Marley was loaded. Joel, close. I love just the classic, did anybody order me a plain cheese? Like I used to say that all the time. Mm -hmm. Still do. Still do yeah. sometimes. Um, and I love... I mean, I talked about the music, but in particular, uh, when he's like shaving and everything and singing along to the I'm dreaming. Let's move on to what takes me out of the movie. What takes me out of the flick? Pollard. 
takes you out of the movie, bro. Go. Do it, dude. Do it. What takes me out of the movie is no one wakes up on time. There's 25 people in this family. Like, I get it. The alarm clocks don't work because the power's out. But, like, not one person happens right. to wake and, up on time. And they're leaving at 8. It's not like they're leaving at 4 a.m. It's like you think somebody yeah. would have woken and up at like, 6 and been like, hmm. Yeah. And there's four. nobody with anxiety that's like, I can't sleep. Well, I have to, like, count all the ceiling tiles right. and, like, and think Fuller about what's going to happen. And for sure pissed his pants. So he got up at, like, 6 soaking yeah. wet and had to go get <laughs> his hair. It's, it's just ridiculous it's that just not drenched. one person wakes up on time. You feel like Frank had an alarm clock and was like, I'm not going to set it. You guys wake me up. I'm on a vacation. No one had a watch? Yeah. Right. No one had a batteried watch that had an alarm on it? It was 1990, so everyone had those. Also, yeah, yeah, during the hectic and frantic, like, you know, once the vans do show up and they realize they're late, Kevin doesn't wake up during any of that. He's, so. Well, he he's the all the way floor. in. Yeah, third Still, floor. that's he's a lot of commotion. Yeah. What takes me out of the movie, we've talked about it, how dedicated the burglars are to this house, but also how pain tolerant they are. Like, at some point, you're like, I'm either concussed, near death, in so much pain, this is no longer worth it. The yeah. adrenaline stopped yeah. kicking in. Cost-benefit The third analysis. or fourth injury yeah. I endured. Could have used a little more, like, limping out of them, like, going from one... Yeah, Mark slurring his words yeah. after yeah. a while. Oh, just after, a little something. Today, we're joined by over-the-top superstar Sylvester Stallone. And he's going to tell us about his brand-new home security system, Stallone Alone. Sly, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, you know, no problem, man. You know, I got a couple of things to do. I always got time to talk about slow and alone. Yeah, so that's a, it's a brand new security system, and yeah. it's designed to protect your house from intruders. Yeah, you know, if you got a room, what you got to do is you got to put some tar in that room. You got to put tar on it, and, and you know, the bad guys, they're going to they're gonna step on that tar. They get stuck. It's sticky stuff. So the, the system's just putting tar in your house. I mean, mo- you, mostly you got the tar... You got uh, you got some paint buckets lying around. You can string those up, and you got you got yourself a good good uh, home security thing going on. Okay, so the tar they yeah, you, the tar is the tar is the biggest thing. You know, you got you got a tar. Maybe you got it a goes big, in your house or your you put it on the floor. Or? You you so if you got a basement, I'm assuming you got a basement. You okay. Put the, you put the tar on the on the steps of the basement. It's gonna be real right. hard to step on that. You you got burglars. Yeah. They are gonna get stuck. You got a dog. Maybe you have a dog as part of the security system too. You box okay. and stuff. What about your front door or your window or how's that? Kind yeah, of protected? you know you got doors. You got windows. You put tar on all of them. You know tar. It's it's like uh, it's like duct tape. You, you use it for everything, and I use it for my home security. Okay. Um. Thanks for joining us, Sylvester. Yeah, uh, you know, I did Rocky. He did, yeah. Stallone alone. Um, check it out. Also Rambo. <laughs> uh, Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Kyle, what takes you out of the movie? The grocery bag scene where they explode at the same exact goddamn yeah. time. How does that happen? What uh, are the odds? What are the odds? But also, I felt like he didn't buy heavy stuff. He got detergent. Like, well, yeah. the milk. There's some milk. paper towels. Yeah, those aren't heavy. Yeah. <laughs> and the person behind the counter seems like she's good at her job. She'd double bag it if she needed to. Yeah. Uh, and they just explode it. You know the who same wouldn't time. double bag yeah. it? Old Man Marley. No. He He's doesn't like bags. <laughs> no bag, Marley. <laughs> yeah. And the way that they explode is like a complete explosion. Yeah. It wasn't like a rip yeah. that teared through Slowly. the. Slowly. Bu- it was yeah. just like. 
boom. There yeah. You go. <laughs> yeah. Like someone sniped the both bags yeah. from behind. You had, you had oh two. God. The way they did that effect actually is you had two prop guys on the uh, either end. Yeah. They had the invisible fishing line, and there's yeah. three, yeah. two, one, pull. And no, also, they, they had the the nuke keys that they had to turn at the same time to make the, the explosions. <laughs> they show him later doing the laundry, and like you come to think that he probably walked at least a block. Still home, oh, yeah. Like juggling How'd he carry so it? much. How do you get him home? <laughs> How do you do that? There's no way. Like if you're in that situation, I'm figuring out a way to like tie the bag together and like put stuff in. Hopefully my jacket and like. Or I'm just leaving it and walking home, and I yeah. say I don't need this shit. Fuck I'm a goddamn this. nine year old. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely leaving the detergent. I was trying to go above Definitely. and beyond, and it didn't work out. I didn't want to do the laundry anyway. I'll grab the macaroni and cheese and yes. go home. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon, what takes you out of the movie? I already did mine. All right, let's move on to Mick. Let's move on to McMulligans. Joel, McMulligan. So my McMulligan is, I just want to make the kid just a little bit older. Like a scrawny 12-year-old. Just the day-to-day taking care of himself things are not things that a 9-year-old knows yeah. how to That's do. the masturbation movie that Aaron was talking about if we <laughs> made him a 12-year-old. You would have preferred a older but still hairless 12-year-old. <laughs> yes. As would like Old Man Marley. Yeah, Old Man Marley's <laughs> oh, too. Here's to our most family-friendly <laughs> podcast, Home Alone. <laughs> Brandon McMulligan. I want more John Candy. Yeah. I think his scenes Definitely. with his scenes with Catherine O'Hara are just so beautiful. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. Now we're going to turn our attentions to ex-local fanboy Michael Hillary for Magic Mike's main minute. Hey, Michael, you're on with the five guys flicking around crew. How you doing, buddy? I'm just John. What's new with you these days? Oh, like a 20-second synopsis. I've fallen in love with a pencil, and we're getting married. It's so fucking wild, man. It's pregnant or, like, kind of carrying the baby of, like, some other species. I don't know. I don't know. He ends up, like, sending a baby alien that he had been, that he raised, like, into space in a rocket. Like, I swear, the baby comes out of his butt. Oh, God, I can't. What do you think about Home Alone? I know it's one of your favorite movies. I know that you brought me to go see this movie in a theater that had $10 beers. You fucking loser, man. I made everyone laugh in the theater. I do. I had one zinger. I had a crowd of strangers, man. I had just paid 40 bucks like the rest of those cocksuckers to see this dumb fucking movie for the billionth time. And, like, Joe Pesci has absolutely zero range. I, you it, know what I, I remember it, from that night, Mike? You went up uh, to the bar... And you came back with two beers, and I said, thanks for getting me one. And you said, nope, they're both for me. Yeah, yeah that sounds all right. Yeah, that is 100% something I would do, because I do do that, yeah. I also remember a lot of people thinking that joke you said was very hurtful. You're going to honestly tell me with a straight voice that you didn't remember me making people laugh? Yeah, yeah. Let's move on to... Pollard, spinoff, origin, or sequel? I want to see more about old man Marley and his son. So I feel like there's a good drama in there with their what conflict. What came between them? Exactly. They don't explain <laughs> much. And uh, it's tied together really quickly with just a phone call to solve it. 
Um, we don't know it was a phone call. Well, he says yeah. you need to call your son. He could have yelled out of the window and been like, "Hey, son!" They're neighbors. So. That's They're true. Next door neighbors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they haven't talked for twenty years. Um, so I think you have a whole movie there that's unexplored, and that's yeah. my origin story. My SOS is a s- spinoff slash sequel. I want to see the Wet Bandits in prison. The yeah. in-between period between one and two. Right. But I want it to be like a Shawshank Redemption kind of thing. Mm. Where they're getting raped by the... the yeah. <laughs> Old Man Marley's in there. <laughs> but some uh, some prison... Family-friendly podcast. Home alone. No, no, no. <laughs> but I want to see some prison movie between the two of them. Escape from Alcatraz, The Rock. Any of those Welcome prison movies. Welcome to The Rock. Yeah. I want to see them escaping. Do they have a crayon drawn yeah, they do. map of the way There's out? There's a lot of physical comedy. Do they booby trap the guards? Is it because yes. they learned all this from Kevin? They like, know how to implement. Where did they get all the Hot Wheels in like, prison? Yeah. I need no, micro machines. Like, why? Like, don't worry ha- about it. Give the, me my micro machines. The whole movie is just Marv just turning on the sink in his, stall, yeah. In yeah. his cell. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, will you quit wetting <laughs> right. the floor? This is insane. Yeah, like we're You're leaving here. prison. We have the tunnel set up. Up, like you don't need to do that you're just creating puddles in your own cell they have a string system with dummies so that when the guards go past the cell they're like pulling on string like they learned all this stuff from yeah. <laughs> there's a cardboard cutout of Shaq this time yeah. uh, Kyle SOS um, I'd love to see you behind the music on the Poker King of the Midwest yeah. Yeah. and uh, and his Kenosha Kickers. When did yes. cocaine derail them? <laughs> it's called uh, Big and Sheboygan, and uh, <laughs> we get to see all these middle-aged men leave their kids for life on the road. We uh, we learned that they only sold 623 copies of their biggest single. <laughs> And I really respect that they've like left everything yeah. for this middling project, kind of like Five GFA. Like, <laughs> yeah, know, they yeah, got a passion. We got a passion. It was a refreshing <laughs> yeah. glimpse into the future. We're recording right. podcasts forty nine weeks out of the year. <laughs> yeah, we do it because we love it, and I'd really like to see the formation of the Kenosha Kickers, their concerts, their hits, yeah. and uh, backstage shenanigans slash gangbangs with John Candy. Oh. I'm finding which one of them is us. Like, oh, Pollard's definitely that guy. <laughs> When he has her in the bus and he hands her the clarinet, like you play, it's like, no, I don't play the clarinet. I'm not gonna. And playing a clarinet is a fairly intimate. You have the reed and you put your mouth. Yeah, there's a lot of saliva. It's it's a real. It's not a trumpet where you just blow your lips into it. It's right. You're putting the whole thing in your mouth. Right. (laughs) Whose turn is it? I literally had the exact same thing as Kyle. Brandon, (laughs) SOS. Brandon, spinoff, origin, or sequel. So it's the Kenosha Kickers. Whoa, great idea. It's never been said before, you idiot. Yeah. Oh, Do your job. Come to the fucking table with an idea of your own. Let's, no, no, no. Let's not let him go. Let's just move yeah, on to you Joel. suck. Let's move on to Joel. I swear to God. No. Joel. Damn it, Brandon. Joel, Brandon, SOS. This is one of those things where, like, maybe you're just out. You're done. Yeah. The pod. This is embarrassing. You had- this, this one thing. Yeah, yeah, like you're done. Or is, it, or is this the That's straw? That's all it takes. You're okay, out. Okay, all, right, all right. This Stupid. is your first strike. You are expelled. You are expelled. <laughs> oh, man. Let's move on to genre swap. All right, I'll tell you what you're doing. 
Pull the old switcheroo. Brandon, genre swap. Okay, so I'm going with a true crime podcast Love it. of Home Alone. Yes. Because, yeah. because you know that people would be into the idea of like just a family being like, oh, yeah. Who we was like... Old Man Marley? Exactly. <laughs> How did they catch him? No, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. You have it be like Dirty John or like Serial where like the main storyline is like, oh, Kevin got left to Home Alone. But then you have all these side it twists. All these side twists that happen where it's like Old Man Marley. So is good. he a diddler? You've got, um, you think everything's fine with Kevin, but then you realize, oh, these two, um, two wet bandits yeah. came in there's some and tried to rob the house there's a conspiracy with the police force and their yeah. like lack of involvement exactly in the case. they do all the background whole, research uh, jimmy the guy who tells the cop like stop that man it's like was he like you know covering his ass exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. the way. chief at the time was under fire <laughs> for a lot of allegations so many, yeah there's yeah. so many little events in the movie that you could just dive deep into and yeah. i think the true crime nuts would like eat it up it's also produced really well yeah sounds like a good and the john williams true crime nuts yeah (laughs) john williams could do the score for the little intro because every true crime podcast needs a good intro music john williams (laughs) wow wow pollard genre swap kevin kevin shows up with a like a jigsaw mask and so he captures the bad guys and takes them down to the basement where he tortures them and uh, it culminates with them being burned in the furnace and he buries the ashes in the backyard Jesus and he plants like two seedling trees on top of them um, with all the other evidence or whatever. Like he burns it all and he buries it under some trees and uh, the camera pans out and you see this all these other trees lined up that scale up in size. Holy so shit. it's like the last shot is how many people has Kevin killed every Christmas and there's like 15 trees. And it's just like a damn. That is a haunting image. Yeah, he's just patching up the last of the little seedlings. Kevin can't wait to kill. (laughs) (laughs) My genre swap is a one last heist movie. So these guys have been doing this every Christmas. It's like time to hang it up. And it's one last score before they really like retire to Mexico. Some foreign country. South America, it doesn't matter. Sounds like, like an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> I like, like Shawshank. I like the scene of like getting the gang together, but it's literally just the <laughs> yes. two of them, so it's a quick two-minute scene. They live very <laughs> close to each other. It's just like, hey. how about one more heist? All yeah. right, well, okay, cool. Let's yep. let's start planning. I don't know how the Kevin stuff shakes out. I think they kind of try to flip him. It's kind of like a Fast and Furious. He either holds them hostage or something, and then he Kevin under, finally realizes like. Look, I didn't identify with my family. They didn't like me. I've never felt more at home than when I was with these two guys. Mm. And that inspires him. And he joins them. And that launches a franchise that goes at least nine deep. The Rock shows up eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Paul one, Walker dies. One last heist. Yeah. Ten. Tyrese. A bunch of other people. Yeah. Maybe one in Tokyo. One yeah. in Tokyo that people don't talk about as much. <laughs> two last, two heist. That's yeah. what we should do. We need to put it on the list. Yeah. yeah. Kyle, genre swap. I don't have one. Let's move on to Blu-ray price. How much would you pay for this movie? The only way you could ever watch it again was to own the Blu-ray. Joel, Blu-ray price. I love this movie. This is definitely the highest I've done for any of them. I'm going with $100. Uh, I want to watch this movie every Christmas for the rest of my life. I'm, I'm all in. Well played. Pollard, Blu-ray. I also love this movie. It might be my highest as well at $175. Woo! And on that note, 
I thought about this a lot. I'm gonna go with 176 dollars. Damn. He likes it more than you. Poor man, Pollard. It's a little bit more than Pollard, I know, but it's. Uh... I'll see myself out. Kyle, Blu-ray. Um, so on Roadhouse, I said I'd pay 100 for Roadhouse, and I said I'd pay 135 for the yeah. director's cut. Um, and so $99, like now I know my roadhouse number is a hundred yeah. and I will gauge every movie on that. Do I want this or roadhouse? And it's always going to be roadhouse, but it's right there. Brandon. Love this movie. But if they had made it about Hanukkah, I would have had my price go up even more. Shalom alone. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm actually going to go $35. This category is, ar- all the numbers are arbitrary. None of them, there's no consistency. Well, everything's so arbitrary. Uh, yeah, not for me. Oh, time is Seriously. arbitrary. Oh, I'm going to go $35 and I'm not going to feel bad about it. Wait, what was uh, the early, we've been going back, Brandon paid five bucks for Roadhouse and how much for the second one? Wicker Man? Wicker Man, he paid twenty five ninety five. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. And you yeah. had five bucks on Roadhouse, so... Numbers aren't arbitrary. They mean something to some of us. They don't mean something to me. (laughs) You Uh, think Wicker Man is five times better than (laughs) Roadhouse. No, but I want to own it express that monetarily. (laughs) Let's wrap things up with would this movie work as a McSullivan vehicle? I think this does work as a McSullivan vehicle. I think McSullivan plays the John Candy character. And that makes he's sense. traveling around with his jazz band. He seduces Catherine O'Hara because he's McSullivan, you know. Um, she eventually moves to New Orleans to pursue him, even though he made it very clear this isn't a long-term thing. Like, look, I'm this is over Take now. Take it easy. Um, the dad loses Kevin in the divorce proceedings, and Kevin has to go move to New Orleans to uh, live with his mom. The mom keeps pursuing McSullivan while she's in New Orleans, so it turns into like a Kevin and McSullivan kind of man of the house situation, and uh, they both do cocaine together. <laughs> so would you say it's cocaine fueled? I'd say it's definitely cocaine fueled. <laughs> it's it's called, I have it's called Kevin's in custody yeah. can wait. Yeah. Does, Mac, <laughs> does Mac get to capitalize at any moment? Mac, yeah, with Catherine O'Hara. He's capitalizes all over the place. Capitalizes everywhere. Yeah. On the sheets, on her back. <laughs> this is a family-friendly pod. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's horrible. Oh McSullivan's move is capitalizing in her hair. <laughs> So it's just <laughs> difficult to get out. Catherine O'Hara. That's why to... she got the yeah. name. <laughs> Catherine O'Hara. God. Kyle, does this movie work as a McSullivan vehicle? Uh, hell yeah. <laughs> um, McSullivan is moonlighting as Santa Claus at Santa's Village yes. when McSullivan is stopped on the way to his car at the end of the night by Kevin McAllister. Mac reeks of booze, similar to the actual Santa Claus in the movie. And when Kevin is leaving, he says, pull out your paw to give Kevin some candy. But Mac doesn't realize he gave Kevin his boner pills made of cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) A special homebrew Mac's been trying to perfect so that he can kill two birds with one stone. McSullivan comes to when he sobers up briefly and realizes he can't afford to lose three of his quote unquote cocaine pills (laughs) as he's dubbed them (laughs) 
and has to track down Kevin to retrieve them. McSullivan follows Old Man Marley into the neighbor's house and based on years of detective experience, profiles Old Man Marley as some kind of diddler that will lead him to Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Max Hunch is right and McSullivan pulls a gun on Harry and Marv and blows them away in the back of the head. McSullivan rummages through a bloodied Macaulay Culkin's pockets and not only not only retrieves his three cocaine pills, but immediately takes them so that he can take advantage of his extreme energy and firmness back to the lady elf from Santa's village. That is oh, He is a hot lady elf. That was from the amazing. middle of the movie. The lady elf. Brando. Does this movie work as an Excelvin vehicle? In a roundabout way. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. All right. So, well, we only have 45 minutes. Here we go. So after McSullivan accidentally shoots a 10-year-old during a hostage situation oh, gone I wrong. I saw you wink. I got yeah, it. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Pop suggests that McSullivan leave the country for a bit until things with internal affairs cool down. McSullivan hears that French babes don't shave their pits and they've got nude beaches. <laughs> so he decides that Paris is just the place where he can lay low. He, of course, bangs his way through the City of Lights, and after who knows how many months of coke-fueled orgies, uh, McSullivan decides it's time to head home. At the airport, McSullivan sees a red-headed woman dripping with desperation, offering people hundreds of dollars to help her get back to Chicago to her son, who was left home alone. Mac realizes that he hasn't done a color wheel in a while, which is when you bang a blonde, a brunette... And a redhead all in the same day. And he's already banged a blonde and a brunette. Um, So he decides. Oh my God. So he decides that this woman would be an easy score for him. He flashes her his pilot's license and convinces Catherine O'Hara that he's going to fly her back to Chicago himself. But really, he just blindfolds her and drives her to a local motel while making plane engine noises with his mouth. That, that got a real rise out of here. Con- oh, God. Convinced that she has arrived safely in Chicago, Catherine O'Hara thanks McSullivan the best way she knows how by letting him go down on her. McSullivan, however, quickly finds out that the carpet doesn't quite match the drapes as she unleashes her gigantic gray bush. <laughs> McSullivan makes quick eye contact with Catherine O'Hara and says, Looks like silver tuna tonight. <laughs> The end. The oh, end. Because it's a line from the movie. Yeah, it is. Color wheel thing, I'm so in. Yeah, that's great, in the movie. Yeah. What a great little nuance. Yeah. That That'll do it. good fucking <laughs> smut. And that was a, a 120 minutes of good smut. Yes, all it was. Listeners. Good smut all around. Uh, and that'll do it for this episode of Five Guys Flicking Around. It's almost Christmas, so stay tuned for that. Keep sending us emails to fiveguysflickingaround at gmail.com. You can download our podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Look what I have created. I have made fire. I have made fire. I think this is one of the traits of a really good producer. I'm not ashamed Keep no more. the talent happy. You just killed a helicopter with a car. Alright, boys, prepare to be dazzled. Break yourself, fool. Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? It's important that we get together on this thing. If you had some glue, I'm really good at gluing, I could just glue it. You sandbagging son of a bitch! Y'all ready to bust some ass? Lick a license. Lick her license. We've got entirely too many troublemakers here. I 
am an FBI agent. You look like a blueberry. I don't give a damn what you think you're entitled to. You know who I am. You that silly-ass reporter from the Channel 5 News, ain't you? I'm Mo Green. What are you looking at, butthead? Let's go, let's go, I'm bored, let's go. I'm telling you guys, I looked this up, a bunch of people have done this before, and the number that they came up with was 35,000. I think they're wrong. Can we agree Google. on 69,000? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. Absolutely. Time. The trip cost $69,000. <laughs> First they're wet, then they're sticky. That sounds like intimate. Like I'll ask you about that later. It's much if smart. I had to pick one episode for my mom not to listen to it, be home alone. <laughs> the, the diddling was over the top. Full well, penetration season? Yep. Here's Brandon's misogynist minute. And because like, of her uterus. <laughs> fuck. He also shoots him in the dick with the BB gun. Can you imagine what the Property Brothers could do with this house? Uh, no, 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 no. The rise of the fall of the house of yeah. McAllister. <laughs> Sad. Oh, I don't feel good. Is his uh, name Sergeant Ballsack? Huge dick. Joe Pesci's balls. We know that there's a lot of juice in those berries. Honestly, this has got to be marked explicit.